And we are back for another episode of Fourth and Wrong. I am your host, Dave Machine. Alongside tonight, as always, we've got the Dean Machine and the Dean of College Football, Nathan Dean. Hey, yo. So, Jamie Cheek and the young, the restless, you know, you love him, Mitchell Graham. You're not going to love me after this week, Hayden. I'll still love you away. I'll just say that much right now. I mean, a um, bit of foreshadowing, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, especially after this week. I don't know how. You, I don't know how in the world he's still. Anyway, we'll, we'll get on to that later. But anyway, we're going to talk about our headlines, and we're going to talk about our <clears throat> a lot more throughout the episode this week. But anyways, let's jump into our headlines. And boys, if you don't mind, I'm going to start us off this week. My headline this week is later boomer. I couldn't really think of anything better. But anyways, guys, I think Oklahoma's time in the big running the Big 12 is officially over, especially after this week. I mean, they have a lot of issues, and they got absolutely clapped this week by TCU. And, I mean, they didn't look good against Kansas State either. The offense looked good against Kansas State. But the defense was horrible. The defense was once again horrible this week against TCU. And you got beat by what, 31 with a 55 44? 55 17. I can't It doesn't matter. You still got, you gave up 55 points. Um, so, yeah, I think Oklahoma has a lot of work to do. I think Lincoln Riley leaving there has definitely left that program, set that program back a few years. And I don't know the status of Dylan Gabriel. I have not checked this week. I don't even know if he's going to be playing. This week against Texas. General Booty's going to play. Sounds like it. That's what it sounded like, too. But anyway, that is my headline this week. Oklahoma is done in the Big 12, probably this year and for several years to come. I'm looking at hey. maybe 8 4 at the best at this point. I'm, uh, I'm going to interject myself here. Hey, Go ahead. Uh, just, just because um, my headline was going to be the Red River Trickle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Into it. You know, one. when you, when you think of when you think of a Red River rivalry, you think of, of a powerhouse. You think of this top twenty-five matchup that's going to ultimately decide who's going to take the Big Twelve and put it on its back for the year. And this year, that's just not the case. You you right. really have this is this is the first time in a long time that both teams are unranked mm-hmm. going into this rivalry. You have Oklahoma, who is I don't even know if limping is an appropriate word. I mean, they're they're just they're they're you know they're being drug into this game. Yeah. Um, Texas, you know, Ewers was supposed to be the guy. You know, he's hurt and, and it, they yeah, went the card and um and, and it's just to me this feels like <clears throat> when you think of traditional college football, you mm-hmm. know, of course you think of things like Ohio State, Michigan. You think of uh, you know Notre Dame, Ohio State. You think of when you think of major rivalries, Texas Oklahoma is one that is, should be top five on anybody's list, absolutely, re- regardless of where you are geographically in the United States. Right, and this is one of those games that's supposed to be meaningful and it's supposed to be something. It's supposed to be the game everybody gets hyped up for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this week it's just like this could be a a terrible game. Right, like I mean, it could just be awful to watch. Yeah, I, if unless Quinn Ewers is back this week, like I've heard rumors that he might be, I really don't see. I don't know. I mean, I could see Texas winning that game that way, but neither team really right now is in a good position 
to take. If Quinn Ewers comes back this week, I could possibly see a point where Texas might be able to at least have a shot at the Big Twelve. But if he if he's still hurt and they lose, if they lose this game, they're done in the Big Twelve for sure. One loss in the Big Twelve is not going to kill you. But um, I mean, hypothetically, it's not. But if you run the table, but this week, if they lose this week, it's going to be very tough for either team to even climb, or climb back into the Big 12. Because Oklahoma's already 0-2 to start Big 12 play. So, yeah, at this point, they've dug themselves a pretty big hole. So, I don't, I don't see Oklahoma climbing back into it because I definitely don't see them winning, running the table either. But anyway, so Nate yeah. – Sorry, sorry, sorry like, I, I, I didn't want to throw your groove off there, but you kind of – when you, when you led into that, I felt like I needed to go ahead and jump in there with – that was the perfect segue. That was that was the segue we all didn't know we needed. So uh, thank you for that. And now I will jump over to Jamie for his headline for week five college. Well, my headline for this week is uh, it's near and dear to my heart. It's everyone is beatable um, after Georgia laid a turd on the road in Columbia, Missouri last Saturday night. Alabama played three games in one game against Arkansas. They killed them. They sucked. And then they killed them again. Uh, Ohio State hasn't really played anybody. Michigan tried to lose to Maryland a couple weeks ago and, 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 and played footsie with Iowa longer than anybody that's good should play footsie with Iowa. Clemson needed double overtime to beat Wake Forest two weeks ago. Uh, a season that made it seem like there was a huge difference in the top three, maybe top four, and everybody else in college football now seems that uh, it would not shock me if every team loses a game at some point. Oh, and yeah. that there aren't, you know, if one or two undefeated teams, maybe, or no undefeated teams, because for all of the strength that Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State have, uh, they also have flaws. And uh, there are matchups. Flaws. Well, and I mean, but matchups are going to uh, be a lot of uh, what ends up defining whether or not people win or, or, or lose or if they can run the table. And, you know, Georgia – was not playing a very good Missouri team on Saturday night, but they made some mistakes early. They let that crowd stay in it. And there was a point in the fourth quarter where it felt like, despite the fact that Georgia was playing better, that they weren't going to be able to catch up on the scoreboard. For And, and it seemed that way for a little while. So uh, I think everybody's beatable. That doesn't mean everybody's going to get beat, but that's my headline for week five. Now, let, me ask this, let me ask this question real quick. Now, now that you brought this up, Jenny. And I know this is a few years away from even becoming a reality, but do you think that seasons like this year could validate the expansion for the college football playoff? Listen, I'm pro playoff. I don't care how many undefeated teams there are. More football is better. Right. We all watch crappy games week zero because they're on TV. If there are playoff games that are happening on December 8th and December 15th, more football is good. I don't want to watch the Beef O'Brady Bowl, but if that's all that's on, then that's what I'll watch. Yeah. So, yeah. good, good, good playoff games, 5 12 matchups, 1 8 matchups. Come on. Playoffs yeah. are good no matter what. But I do think a year like this, it, it, it will bring more to the regular season because you're playing for playoff seating rather right. than just are you one of the four or are you not. Right. I, I, I do want to make a comment about like the, the Georgia game in general, obviously. Um, I, I feel like in the long run, that was better for Georgia to have ah. a game. Well, because, because look, we didn't face adversity last year until 
the Alabama game and the SEC championship game. I, I mean, I I hear you. The only problem is we had just faced adversity. We we faced did, adversity did against Kent State. Yeah, we yes, we're going to lose that game. No, but you also didn't play very well. And so if if there was going to be a wake up, hey, we're about to go on the road in the SEC, and you guys just played um, a whole game where you were asleep against Kent State, would have you would think would be the wake up game. I think the run game. There's a there's a legitimate question about the offensive line's ability to block for the run and I think there's a legitimate question about the defensive line's ability to stop the run and if those things are not fixed Georgia's gonna have a hard time against Anthony Richardson Georgia's gonna have a hard time against Tennessee Georgia's gonna could have a hard time against uh Tang this weekend so I I I think I think they'll get right, and I think you can. Right. You'll be able to look back and go, "Okay, that's the game they survived." But it still, to me, remains to be seen whether or not it's a uh, if it if it's some like a, a symptom of a problem that can be solved, or if it's ultimately the thing that'll kill them. Well, what I point to is is 2019 LSU. They what dominated everyone, but they really turned the corner after a struggle win against Auburn. They only won the game by about three. We that they were they looked good. Obviously, they beat Texas earlier on in that year in a in a shootout. But they looked bad against that Auburn team and survived and squeaked by on the road. Obviously, Auburn's a little bit better than the Missouri team Georgia just played. But it's a it's a okay. Well, now we know that we're going to get everyone's best. And LSU really didn't look look back after that game. Yeah, they had the good game against Alabama, but that's another worldly Alabama team. <clears throat> they won the game, and they didn't like they were. That's what propelled them, in my opinion. I kind of see it in that vein um, for Georgia, and like I, I kind of made that comparison. Obviously, I don't want them to play in those kind of games all the time because I can't handle it. But it was it's something that I can look back at. I think at the end of the year and be like, okay, yeah, that if, was the game. If they run the table, yes, but if they. To to me, this week matters a lot. So we'll we'll I know we'll get to that at the end of the show today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean it, it's going to be interesting. I, I we've seen teams get exposed in different ways now this year already through five weeks. It, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how any team kind of comes out of this and to see if any team comes out of this unscathed. Anyways, now Mitchell, your headline for week five. Yeah, if I if I didn't just talk enough, I'm, I have my whole headline ahead. Um, <laughs> the 12s are weird is my headline. I'm talking about the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Uh, both mm-hmm. of those conferences, we don't know who's good. We thought Washington had really asserted themselves at the top of that that conference, and then they go in and get out physicaled by Chip <laughs> Kelly. And in use, no offense to Chip Kelly, but no, I mean, that, that I agree, that sounds weird. I mean, it really yeah, does. Out physicaled by Chip Kelly, like they just looked like they just looked inept. You guys think defense. Chip Kelly's ever had a physical, like ever? I mean, I'm sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> um, turning cough, um, right? But, um, <laughs> um <clears throat> wow, getting this back on the ropes, but Washington, yeah, we thought they were the top. Uh, well, one of the tops. Obviously, USC's played really well. USC has struggled a little bit against Oregon State. Now, Utah, who lost early on in the season, we forgot about them, is playing are playing really good football. Um, they just destroyed that same Oregon State team. Now, UCLA's undefeated. Who Oregon's looking a lot better every single week. Who is going to win the Pac-12? 
I don't know. And then you look over <laughs> at the Big 12, um, you don't I, – I can't trust anyone in the Big 12 right now. Kansas? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma maybe, State. though. Maybe Spencer Sanders is a walking turnover machine, though. They, they seem to, so far they seem to be the most consistent team. Yeah, I mean, but they're in, and they gave up like 28 points in the third quarter against Baylor as well. So the defense, their calling card, is really not even hasn't even performed to the standard they did last year. So I don't even know if I can trust that team right now. When the the top is secured by Kansas, Kansas State, TCU, which I made an over, you'll I don't know if this is out when my overreaction. Comes I haven't posted out. it yet, but, but it, it is out there. Yeah, my over, my, I think TCU might be the front runners right now with that with that experienced quarterback Max Duggan. Uh, the what they did um, to Oklahoma, Sonny Dykes' offensive system in general, it feels very it feels very very throwback Big Twelve to me like offense, 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 and I think that might get the job done. But genuinely right now, if you told me anyone was going to win the Big 12 or Pac-12 out of, like, the top five, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit strange right now. And the fact that we're sitting here with US, the two L.A. teams, USC and UCLA, sitting at 5-0, and oh, I, I did not expect that to start the year, especially when UCLA struggled against South Alabama after. I thought, there, here we go. This is when UCLA is going to start to become that 7-8 win team that they always are. But now, I mean, they're sitting here 5-0, and and I think they got that game against Utah this week. I mean, that's going to get really interesting in the Pac-12, which it always does. So, I mean, I, I, I still would be shocked if USC runs the table, honestly, because, I mean, they've looked vulnerable at times. Um and I mean, Lincoln Riley's always bound to lose one game every year that he shouldn't lose. So it's going to be very interesting to see the Pac-12 uh, unfold. And uh, it's, and then as for the Big 12, yeah, there is no dominant team right now. The fact that we're sitting here talking about a five and zero Kansas team, uh, it, it's it's it sounds so weird. weird. <laughs> it sounds very weird, and it sounds it just sounds unrealistic. It sounds like we just all got done playing NCAA 23. And we all just randomly picked Kansas and on easy mode or something. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange to me. I, it's, there's a lot I feel like that is still to be worked out in that conference. There's a lot to be worked out in every conference, but especially the Big 12. I, I just don't see it being the way that it is right now long term. But we'll see. We'll see. That's why you play the games. And I mean, maybe play to win the game. Play to win the game. And I mean, these new coaches that are at Kansas and all these other – and PCU, they, I mean, they might be what was needed for a long time. Gary Patterson was there for a long time. I think it was time for somebody else to take over. So, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. But anyway, thanks, guys, for great headlines this week. And now we will transition over to the Dean machine, Mr. Nathan Dean, for the Dean with Bliss and Academic Probation. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead to Dean's list this week. I'm going to actually kick it back to Mitchell. I'm going to let him start us out first this week. Your Dean's list and your probation. So my Dean's list is me admitting that I'm wrong. Uh, DJU is my <laughs> is my Dean's list this week. Um, the man has shown up in the two big games that Clemson has played this year. He's not turning the ball over. He's been efficient. I don't think Cole Klubnick's seeing the field this year unless DJ gets hurt. And now Clemson's schedule gets significantly easier. I mean, Jamie, you're right. You were right about Clemson. 
I mean, it wasn't easy against NC State by any stretch of the imagination, but they won the game, and they didn't lose the game because of DJ. He played a good game. He was efficient. He found his playmakers. DJU, welcome to the Dean's List. Um, let me say his last name. Sorry. Uyunglele. I, 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 okay. I, I just didn't want to mess it up the first time, but I am the name guy, so I, I got to go with it. Um, and then my probation is Arkansas's run defense. What are you doing? You get past the like. The, I, did they have any secondary help in the second half? Because they, if he made one person miss, it was a seventy-five yard touchdown. They they kept uh, and the, the the dean himself could probably talk about this a little much, but their safeties, the number of times their safeties ran into the wrong gap, only just in time to watch the opposing runner run by them. It was, it was baffling. All the momentum in the world at home, down five points on a third and long, and you let a freshman kid run 77 yards to the one-yard line, and then you allow two other 75-yard runs. And, and he and wasn't it, on that third down. It was third and 15. Third and yep. 15. It, 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 was, it was embarrassing. It, it was. I'm like, I feel bad for Sam Pittman because he I'll, doesn't he doesn't coach the defense. And he had I'll, I'll give I'll give a little bit of just you know kind of playing devil advocate there with that. If you're going against anyone else, then you know with a backup quarterback in who hasn't had a lot of reps, then you're probably going to stack the box and you're going to prevent that because you know there's nothing going to be made outside of that. However, defensively from a scheme point, you the only thing I can be thinking of is that in their mind, okay, he's the backup, but he's still an Alabama quarterback. So yeah. the kid, you, you've got to respect that fact just a little bit. But he um, looked shaky, though, from the He did. Linement-wise, though, defensively on that, it looked like there was a lot of busted coverage. It looked like they had the right defense out there, but I think there was some miscommunication between the linebackers and the safeties, especially if whenever someone was going into coverage, because you should have had the linebackers there ready to fill that and not dropping back into coverage, even though it's a passing down in that particular situation. I don't, I mean, you guard the sticks. I don't, I don't see anything like that. You can't leave that much field open when you follow everything downfield like that. There was that 30 yard gap in between the box and where the closest receiver was. And when you get that much, that much field to play with. I mean, I'm fat and slow, but I could make a move or two and maybe get some yards. Uh, yeah, it was that. I mean, I, I just in in I think the circumstances made it worse. You had fought so hard to get back into that game that that the worst snap on a punt that I've ever seen in my life happened on that on that one play. I, I did that get your heart rate up, Hayden? After that, yeah, you can ask I mean, Jake. Is it my text or not, PG? Hey, I'm just I, glad I some of these. I'm I'm just glad Hayden's here for us. Like you can't, he couldn't text you. You troll him, and he'd have to come to wherever you are and kill you. So like he's just, <laughs> like, okay. you're, you're the one that just keeps him keeps him I, saying. Okay, I try. That's why, that's why he doesn't go to me. Okay, that's okay. But yeah, I'm. Not, I was just like after in the in the circumstances for that to happen was just a like you felt the energy go out of the building after Milro made that big run, and then. And then you hit they you hit two more home runs and it looked like a just out of the building after twenty eight to nothing. But dang, yeah. you know it? If, yeah. if if you, if you, you don't believe that momentum is a thing, then that right there should be your evidence Watch to the contrary. Game. Yes, that that play 
prove momentum is is a real thing and it, it affects the psyche and it affects the overall performance. I texted Jamie at halftime and I said, Dad gum it, we should not have given up that that touchdown before halftime because that gives Arkansas momentum going into the second half, getting the ball, they could drive downfield and score again. I'm like, I, I just had that feeling that in a game like this, that giving up that touchdown is going to come back to haunt. And, I mean, it but did. I, I also bit. feel like there's questionable play calling in situations like that, too, that uh, coordinators like to out-coordinate themselves and try mm-hmm. to put everything on It'll their work. back. And, the cool. um, anyway, that's I could go on a different right. Um that's anyway, a, thanks, Mitchell. Thanks, Mitchell, for yeah. that. Uh, Hayden, who you got this week? Dean's list probation. My Dean's list. We were talking about Arkansas. I'm going to go with the former Hogmaster himself, Mr. Brett Villama of Illinois. Illinois is off to what a four nice. and one. Yeah. And then I mean, he just ran his he just ran his former school's current head coach out the door. So Brett Villama, <laughs> welcome to the Dean's list. You, you weren't it's confusing. Let me figure. That. Because he was at Wisconsin for several for many years before North Arkansas. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then, yep. So he just ran Paul Chris out the out the out the door at Wisconsin. I got you. And I mean, I, I know that it there's there's not is Illinois on the other side of the Big Twelve or Big Ten? Yes, they're in the I, West. There's no team that stands out right now in that division. Minnesota just got beat this week. I mean, I would. Everyone's one and one. If you if you want to believe it, everyone's one and one except for Wisconsin in the Big Ten West right now, which is weird wow. because Wisconsin's normally that team that sets up in this situation. Right. But um, but yeah, Brett Billima, welcome to the Dean's List for the first time. And on probation, I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to put Brent Venables on probation this week That's and fair. the Oklahoma defense. That's fair. Uh, they were terrible. Um, you thought that, you know, Brent Venables coming in would maybe change the landscape of Oklahoma's defense. It hasn't. There's still work to do. I mean, he's, he's still got a few years to play with, but oof, it is not looking good in Norman right now. And I'm also going to add one special person to the defense. Actually, this is an organization, ESPN. For all the freaking times that they put Aaron Judge on the side-by-side and turned it over to the cover <laughs> of Aaron Judge trying to hit 62 the last two weeks. And, I mean, I, I understand it's something somewhat significant, but don't cut the college football broadcast completely off because there were some big plays that happened when that was going on. Like, for instance, Wake Forest and Clemson. I remember Wake Forest went downfield and scored a touchdown and take the lead in like two minutes. And that back took like – it seemed like three minutes to even unfold. So, ESPN – do better. At least, at least ESPN was fair with it. Uh, I, I was legit worried that they were not going to do that to the women's volleyball game on Sunday. And, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That, that's not. That's not a jab. That's a legit thing. Like you know, but at least they were equal opportunity uh, cut in there. So, uh, senior, uh, <laughs> senior Jamie. All right, so for my Dean's List, I'm going to do something that is practically against my religion. Uh, Georgia Tech, 26-21 road victory at number 24 Pitt. Uh, They got rid of G.F. Collins, and uh, all of a sudden, they seem like a team that actually has some competence. They had – 
Do I now? Brent Keith is the guy I would run through a wall for, the way he talks. I mean, well, Hassan, Hassan Hall didn't have to run through any halls, but he had 20 – or through any walls, but he had 20 carries, 157 yards. That's almost eight yards per carry. That's, like, legitimately good uh, and a touchdown. And and the miracle was Tech didn't turn the ball over. They turned right. the ball over a ton this year. They didn't turn the ball over. They forced three turnovers on the road and beat a ranked opponent. Um, you Bendy, know. champion. Yeah, so – uh, there is a part of that that lays uh, on Pitt. Come on, Pitt. What are you doing? But we'll we'll, we'll stay with the positive and uh, put Tech on the Dean's list, uh, and I'll never do that again. And uh, I also have Brent, Brent Venables as my probation, but I'll, I'll add one more. And uh, maybe just because this will be fun as we go along tonight. Um, if you pay somebody, I don't know, $100 million-ish, <laughs> maybe, just maybe, they managed to score more than 24 points on the road at Mississippi State, okay? Because Jimbo Fisher, for all the offseason stuff and what we're going to talk about later in the show and all the going head-to-head with Nick Saban and all the recruiting, offensive guru Jimbo Fisher has scored in his last four games – they, they hung a big 31 on Sam Houston, okay? All credit in the world to that. 14 against App State, 17 against Miami, 23 against Arkansas, and 24 against Mississippi State. Hey, Jimbo Fisher, you're on probation, and uh, you might be uh, – you're just lucky that they owe you $85 million or else you might be getting expelled. You know, and I want to piggyback off that a little bit. What's going on at Michigan State, too? Because they paid Mel Tucker. Hey, hey listen, now that's to me, and I, I, you're right, but to me, that's a completely different situation. They paid Jimbo. He's in year five. Right. And he's struggling in the SEC. Listen, right. it's not Mel Tucker's fault that they thought he might go to LSU, so they gave him $100 million. That's like, true. I think Mel Tucker was sitting in his office there in East Lansing, Michigan over the winter. He was going, it's cold. And, oh, look, they just fired Coach O, and he was like, hmm, I wonder if I would want to go south. And then somebody in the building ran upstairs and said, hey, we'll give you $100 million to stay here. And he goes, well, okay, I'll buy a heater. I think that's kind of how that worked. <laughs> like, if they're going to pay me $100 million, I will stay here. That that's is very fair. good for that, me. That, that's fair. I just think it – I mean, it's, it is a little bit ridiculous that he had one big season and now – Listen, I mean, him – Subpar. Yeah, no, him – I think the money that uh, Penn State paid um, James Franklin. James Franklin. I, I think that's that right now. So I mean, that that doesn't look too bad right now. It could look <clears> bad <throat> week that or week nine, week ten. But I guess my point is like James Franklin is a nine and three coach. Is that yeah. the going rate for a nine and three coach? Like, is is Wisconsin going to have to pay a hundred million dollars to the Kansas coach to come up there and make them nine and three? Like, is that what we're in? Is that what we're going to start doing? Is that just the going rate for coaches now? Right. I, I don't know. But, yeah. So, I'll be a coach. coach. I'll be a coach. Right? 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 I mean, you know. I don't know. Hey, I, I kind of hey, feel like, leave. you know, yeah. with that – and uh, I, I, sorry, I'm having to stall and look for – took mine. My bad, uh, bro. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. Uh, that does kind of lead to that discussion. You know, we can always talk about this later on, but – I think what you're seeing now in these situations with these interim guys that are coming on is you, you they're making the sexy hire. Right. 
And the sexy hire is not always the best fit. And what oftentimes we're seeing is, is again, you get to mediocrity. And these coaches, it gets to this point, you know, obviously they want to try to win. But, hey, go you know, nine and three and, you know, dollars this year. Okay. And what's the worst that can happen? They fire me four years in and have to pay my buyout? Like Coach Joe said, yeah, right. they fired him at LSU. <laughs> Which door do you want me to go out? I right. Mean, Which door do you just, want me to go out of? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's better than there. Um, so I, I'm going to change mine up a little bit. There. I'm going to go with probation first, and I'm actually going to go with the Georgia Tech administration on probation. Um, I like not it. Because, I like it. Not because, not because they fired Collins, but they waited until now to fire Collins. Yep. And you have a guy like Key who's probably be a good fit as a head coach who if Texas on the monitor, he has a passion for it. And obviously watching the guy coach, he's a pretty smart guy. He knows what he's doing. Um he's he's got him motivated, he's got passion behind it. Not only that, but also you get rid of the AD too. Stansbury wasn't doing a bad job, in my opinion, at Tech. All the other sports were starting to thrive. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, got better in basketball. Get get rid of Collins, but I mean, everything else athletically seemed to be doing okay. Now we're not winning national titles and things like that, but Tech was a very Indeed. slow rise. But I, I felt like Stansbury was doing, or Stanbury was doing a decent job. Um, so my dean's list, and I, I'm probably gonna say his name wrong just because I I don't care for Ohio State much at all. Uh, Mayan <laughs> Williams. Yeah. Five touchdowns. That's good, right? Five touchdowns. Five yeah. touchdowns. That's good. Against Rutgers. His long of 70, averaging nine yards a carry. And he didn't score but one touchdown in the fourth quarter, which kept the spread under what I needed it to <laughs> to get my points against Rutgers. So, with that, I'm going to throw it back your way, Hayden, and let you guide the ship the rest of the way. All right. So this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're just going to condense it all into one episode. So I'm just going to let y'all know that right now, everybody. Marathon. 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 Endurance, baby. We're just going to throw it right to one episode. And this week, we're not – we have done away with the cheekest – Ticket in town because we feel like that. Right when we named it, right when we named it. Listen, I'll I'll give you all a hint. It was Mississippi State and Arkansas. I I pulled it up, and when it was Mississippi again, I was like, this is a dumb game. We got to move on. (laughs) But this week, we are bringing that we did last year. I don't know. Y'all may or may not remember. We did it earlier on in the season. We're bringing back this or that led by Mitchell Grant. So, Mitchell. If you want to remind people of what the what this game was, the new listeners, everybody else, so I'll pass it to you, and I will let you do your thing. Well, look, this is a very simple game. Um, it's not a very original name. Almost every th- every kind of show has a this or that. But I give I, I give a leading question with a, 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 a it is a question with one answer or the other. Today we're doing it a little bit different, and we'll get to that. We're gonna have an open ended per- portion of this or that towards the end. I'm going to do two questions, two questions regular, two questions about head coaches, and then two open-ended questions. We're bringing back this or that with a bang right now. So quick, quicker answers, but you can give a little explanation why. Um, 
So my first one is top 10 team most likely to have a letdown this week. Ole Miss versus Vandy or Clemson versus Boston College. I'll start with Jamie. Yikes. Um, I'll go Ole Miss. I'll go Ole Miss. I think they uh, – Vandy is not trash, and I think Boston College is trash. Yeah. Hayden. Yeah, I agree with Jamie. Um, I think that Ole Miss – well, actually, I think Kentucky's offensive coordinator cost them that game against Ole Miss. I think Kentucky had many opportunities to come back and win that game. Um, so, I was the not – The kicker over, cost them that game. Yeah, and, or, and the kicker. Yeah, the kicker, too. I, I was not overall very impressed with Ole Miss. Um so I think Ole Miss has a letdown week. Also, I, I've also watched Bandy. Bandy did get slaughtered by Alabama, but I mean they weren't the bad Bandy that we all know and remember. I mean they're not going to win, you know, eight games this year, but they're they're going to make things a little bit more competitive. I like the guys they have at quarterback. Um, Mike Wright. I mean I like the mobility. I like that they're you know making things a little bit more challenging, but. Um, I, I could see Vandy give, and, and that's technically an east-west crossover rivalry. So, I mean, you always want to show up for games like that, and I think Vandy might show up for at least the first half of that game. So, because I, I, I think Clemson's going to blow Boston College out. Boston College has shown me absolutely nothing. Um, well, so, I, I think I think Clemson blows them out, but I definitely could see Vandy giving Ole Miss a run for about the first half. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to just to. Uh, clear things up. Mike Wright did get benched okay. for Vandy a couple weeks ago. Their starter is now um, like Adam Swan. He's a true freshman. He's been playing a lot better. Um, against, but, yes. Sorry, not to interrupt, but against Alabama, I believe they're running two quarterbacks for some of that game. So I thought maybe they're running a two QB system. Okay, yeah, but I don't know. You might be right. They might that might have happened after the Alabama game. But right, 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 right. Uh, Nate. Oh, Vandy still sucks. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're they're still. Listen, they're still a year or two out. Uh, I think Ole Miss will handle that. You mean they may not run the ball? They may throw it the whole game. Well, we don't know. It's Lane Kiffin. You never know. Um, Go for it. Boston Boston College is not that great either, but still, yeah. And and that's why. Is he well? (laughs) He's always well. He's always well. (laughs) Sorry, that's so bad. All right. Uh, my second question: Freshman poised for bigger game, Jalen Milrow versus A and M if he plays, or Quinn Ewers versus Oklahoma. Um, let's start with Hayden this time. Uh, my heart says Jalen Milrow. I, I want to go with Jalen Milrow, but I think Alan will rely, will rely a lot more on the run game if he's playing. But I, I definitely think if Quinn Ewers plays, I could see this kind of being his game. Um, well, and I mentioned it earlier. I, 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 this kid gave me a headache almost four weeks ago. So until he got hurt. So I, I, I think, I think he could have a big game. And if he, it's like I said, if he plays and he's healthy the rest of the way, I think he gives Texas a shot to compete for a big club title. I'm not saying it's going right. to happen, but I think he gives them a shot. So I got, I got to go with Quinn, unfortunately. But uh, hoping for Jalen Milrow. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Uh, Nate. Yeah, I, I got to agree with, with, with that. Uh, just because, you know, this Oklahoma team, they're, like I said, they're being drug in. They're, they're not playing well the last few weeks. Um, it's really a chance for Texas to step up, make a big statement in a rivalry game. And 
you know, Ubers can can really set himself up to to thrive the rest of the year. Right. Uh, Jamie. Gwen, yours. There you go. Simple enough. Now we're moving into a head co- a head coach carousel portion of this or that. The first cool. question, I'm going to start with Nate this time. Most likely direction for the Wisconsin head coach position. Stay in-house and promote Jim Leonard or go out and snag a fresh face? Uh, the Wisconsin thing to do seems like they would stay in-house. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that's probably – the best thing for them. Uh, not Wisconsin, they're weird because, you know, they're competing for Big Ten titles. They're there at the top, but it seems like they can never really get an offensive identity. Yeah, they they are supposed to be grown man football, power, beats you in the trenches. They're the big lineman school, you know, when you think of big, tough, burly guys that are, that are, uh, but fighting tooth and nail up front, that's the that's the identity of Wisconsin has been for a while, and I don't think you can bring a fresh face in with some kind of different style, new offense, uh, different philosophy, right. um, because I feel like the Wisconsin faithful would get too impatient with how long it would take to rebuild that. Right. So I feel like, um, you know, promote within. You can maybe bring. Uh, bring a coordinator in that, that could work with that. And if you start to change your identity, it will take long term. But Wisconsin's not really a, a you know, they're not a spread team. They're not a, a Wisconsin. When you think of Wisconsin football, you think of grown man, lull you to death in the trenches and then <laughs> play action. Right. Top football. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them ever being a program that's going to beat you, fifty six to fifty one or something like that. They're no, they're they're going to be, and and that's just the culture. And to me, the best fit would be a guy who is invested in it, a guy who's been there, a guy who who knows it. And again, sometimes the fit might not be the sexy hire, but it could be the best hire. Right. Agreed. Uh, Jamie. Yeah, I think they want to stay in house. I think that's why they fired Paul Chris when they did is so that Jim Leonard will have the rest of the season to figure it out. You know, he, he has an opportunity. They've got seven games left. They don't play a team that's ranked right now. Uh, four of the seven games are on the road. It's all conference, obviously. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think they probably have an idea in their head. He needs to win four or five games. Um, so I think it's his job to lose. But if – if they don't turn it around and they don't show some progress, I I would see them going out and doing something because I think I to Nate's point, it might not be an easy transition, but if you don't transition, if you're not willing to change things up, you're basically saying you're willing to become Illinois, right? Like you're 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 willing to take a step back and not be a contender and just be the team that maybe makes it to Indianapolis to get killed by whatever team comes out of the East. So, um, and actually all the conferences, the big 10 included is going away from the East and West thing. So that's good. If you, if you don't make a move, if you don't do something, if you don't become viable, you're just going to perennially be the seventh best team in that conference. Yeah. And unless you're Aaron judge, nobody gets excited about being number seven. Ooh. <laughs> 
I see what I you did it. there, and that I was awesome. That was beautiful. That was um, Hayden, what do you think? Well, I will say this: I do think they're gonna ha- they they want to go in house, like Jamie said. I think they're gonna give um, the interim plenty of opportunity to prove that he's the guy. But I will say this: I've got an offensive coordinator down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I was glad the part was to get the West Conference. So uh, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna happen. But uh, but anyway, but I do think they stay in house, and um, they they'll uh, find somebody. Or if not, I think they'll go with you know one of the group of five schools that you know their head coach is finding things, or their head coach is finding his way to a, a bigger job. So um, I think they stay in house, but I would not be surprised if they went out for a top name in the group of five. I think Jim might not discovered yet. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I, I haven't even been I haven't even been answering these, but I was going to say I do agree. I think Jim Leonard is the guy for them. Uh, the next one. This is more of a this or that or that or that. Uh, who is more likely to be Auburn's head coach next year? Hugh Freeze, Jamie Chadwell, Josh Gaddis, or Brian Harson? Jamie. Okay, of the I I you you, you left somebody off that I would think I would have picked, but I'll 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 play the game. No, you do no, you of, do that. Of, you of do those, that. I listen, if I'm Auburn, I'm trying to hire Deion Sanders. That that's what I would do. I don't know that they'll do that, but if I'm Auburn, that's what I do. Because oh. it instantly it instantly gives you a a, a brand. And Auburn's yeah. brand has been dumpster fired. So huh. of, of your list, I would say the best fit would be Hugh Freeze. Because I think he plays fun football, and, and I think more than anything, Auburn needs something to feel, like, happy about. They're, yeah. It's going to take a while for them to be able to be competitive if they can get back to being at the top of the, the SEC. Uh, again, similar to the Wisconsin thing, you know, they're already struggling in the West, but when you do away with divisions, Tennessee's coming up, Florida just hired a new coach, Georgia's Georgia, and you're third or fourth in the West as it is, so – Without divisions, you're a, you're farther away from the top of the SEC than you are now. Um, I I I think Hugh Freeze would bring a style of offense that could you could overachieve with less talent while you're recruiting, and he's shown that he's willing to do whatever it takes in the recruiting. And in an NIL era, that works. That works. Yeah, I mean, he he you know the things that you know if he can stay off the phone, everything else that he was doing <laughs> as far as paying people, I think he might be okay. Oh man, that was good. That was good. Sorry. He could bring Pruitt in as his uh, defensive coordinator, and they could just be like, just go full Auburn, like just this is yeah. who we are. Oh now. yeah, oh yeah. McDonald's, McDonald's bags for everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored um, by Verizon and McDonald's. Yes. Hey. Get little patches for the jerseys like the NBA. <laughs> um, uh, Hayden, out of those four, I know Jamie. I wanted Jamie to give his answer there, but out of those four, who's most likely? I don't think it's Brian Harson. I, I, I had to put I, him on there. Come on. No, I know. I, I totally get it. Um, I think they make a run at Hugh Freeze. Maybe I, I just don't know. Greg Sankey and Hugh Freeze. That whole thing is weird. Um, I don't know how that. What's going on there? But here's a name, Mitchell, that I'm surprised you did. I'm gonna throw this name out there, Matt Rule. Hmm. What do you think of that? He's, I think he's the Nebraska head coach. Really? I mean, that's that's a fair point. That that's fair. That's fair. I like I like that too. But I, I've been Matt Rule is the name. He, I don't think he's gonna be at Carolina at the end of the year. 
Um, I don't think he wants no. to be in Carolina anymore. I don't think he's an NFL coach. I think it was one of the things. It was a good run, but it actually it really wasn't a good run, but it failed. Um, but I, I do think he's a good college coach. I think I, I respect what he did at Baylor. Um, I think, I mean, he could possibly get Auburn there a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. But uh, Hugh Freeze would probably be the guy in that in, in that mix just because he's already got SEC experience. If Auburn could get him, I mean, I don't know what's standing in the way of Hugh Freeze getting all these other jobs. I, I mean, I guess I, I can I kind of have an idea considering his history, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's had many opportunities since he got the Liberty and hasn't. I don't know if he really likes it there. I mean, I mean, it's a beautiful view in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's a beautiful town. But, I mean, you want to coach college football at a high level, but it's not the place you want to be at. So. Right. Right. Uh, Nate. Am I crazy to say that Harson maybe does just enough to keep his job and not have to get paid fifteen? You're not crazy. That's why he's on the million list. dollars as a buyout. Uh, doesn't cool. Auburn already owe a bunch of money already to a former coach for yeah. his buyout? Yeah. yeah, you're still on the hook for that. Um, I feel like there might be one or two. You know, of course, the the name Deion Sanders is is one that. Everything I've read is kind of tossing that around, and I, th- I think a lot of people, especially Auburn fans, would be for that. But here's here's my thing from a financials perspective. I mean, you're paying former head coaches their buyouts. You, Harson, I think you owe if you would owe him fifteen point. If you wait until the end of the year, I think it's fifteen point three million, and fifty percent of that's got to be paid within thirty days of termination. Wow. So that's seven and a half million cash up front there, and then you negotiate the rest out. And then what are you going to have to pay a guy like Deion Sanders to come there? You know, you're not getting him for nine hundred thousand dollars a year, right? I mean, you're going to have to pay the guy Hugh Freeze, somebody like I'll that. You probably have to pay the guy. Yeah, dude, I coach for ninety thousand. You kidding me? <laughs> right. Uh, but I feel like the 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 popular thing among the fan base and. Now, if you can convince a few wealthy boosters to th- throw down on it, which I think is what happened with Scott Frost in Nebraska, um, you know, you, you have four or five guys willing to front that, then, you know, get rid of them, pay them off, get them off your books and do all that. But uh, if the university is going to be held for any of it, um, and then through through the boosters and all that other stuff, uh, whatever, you know, their financial situation is there, does Harson do enough this year to to maybe justify keeping him on board, even if he's hated? Uh, just from a financial point of view, just to kind of cut back on that, because I feel like what we're seeing a lot of now is, again, I, I feel like this has kind of been the theme for the show with 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 me and my opinion is the sexy hire is not necessarily the right fit, and a lot of times whenever you're trying to chase after the pretty girl, you got a quarter and pay her. Well. What happens when it's all said and done? Right. You know, you're, you're sitting there. With, you're, you're not. You don't have a conference title. You don't have a national title. You're, you're struggling to win games against your rivals, and you're about to pay this guy fifteen and a half million dollars to go away. I mean, yeah. Inflation ain't affecting them apparently. So apparently not. Here's, here's my question, then, guys. What is just enough right now? At Auburn, would it be eight maybe wins? 
or eight eight wins. That's that's fair. All right, hold on. Hold I, I'll on. be honest with you. I, I think I think a I think if Auburn has a decent showing against Georgia, then that might be a uh, okay. Maybe something's there. Um, I mean, to get to eight wins, they've got to win five of their last seven games. So yeah. they they're going to beat Western Kentucky. No offense. All right, so then they've got to beat four of these teams, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, A&M, and Alabama. Mm. I don't see them beating any of them. Yeah. They might get that lucky win we always talk about. Yeah, but I mean, so they, they've got Arkansas at home, maybe. They got A&M at home. They did that last year. They beat Arkansas at home right. last year. So, or they'll be Arkansas and Arkansas. Just, I, um, hmm. Well, I – Look, I would love to keep talking about this. I have two more. I have open. I, I have two wow. open-ended this or that questions here. Uh, this is going to make you think. Uh, this I, this does not have to be. Okay, yeah, I know. I know. Bad, bad, bad. But we've already kind of alluded to this. I'll, I'll answer this one first. Um, the head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets next year will be, my answer, is Deion Sanders. That, I think he's, I've been thinking the same thing. Sorry. Atlanta. He, I mean, he's an Atlanta guy. I think he's going to bring a culture to them. He can bring a lot of – I know I know. it's not like the – it doesn't feel like a Georgia Tech hire, but I feel like if they're feeling frisky, they can go out and get Deion Sanders. Other than – if they don't get a Deion Sanders, they're going to get – they're going to promote their assistant. I don't know if they can go out and get anyone. I think Deion's the guy that could change, change the culture at Georgia Tech. I wouldn't like it. I don't like Deion Sanders, and I don't like Georgia Tech, but I feel like that's – that's the best fit. I won't even. I won't go into that much. Um, Hayden, who the head coach of Georgia Tech next year, will be. I, I agree with you, Deion Sanders. I think. Um, wow. And here's here's why because the Auburn thing does make sense, but it, it's like I've been saying, how much control is Auburn going to let him have? Um, because it it doesn't seem like Auburn's letting any of their head coaches have much control. Um, I think at Georgia Tech, he can build it from the ground up where he want, He can build it the way he wants it to be. Like you said, he's an Atlanta guy, um, former Falcon, former Braves. I mean, he, he, is, he is the city of Atlanta. He is part of the, the culture, the iconic, iconic culture of the city of Atlanta. And I know a lot of Tech fans, I know that's who they want. That is who they are begging to come to Atlanta. So I think Deion Sanders could be that guy. I, I, I really do. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. If not, I think it's going to be Brent Key, but uh, but I think I think Deion Sanders definitely is not a name to look past if you're uh, if we're talking about candidates at Georgia Tech. Nate, I think it's going to be Brent Key. Um, just just because I feel like he's gonna he's gonna do enough for the rest of this season to kind of audition for the role and and again be that fit. Now. I agree with everything you said about Dion. The only thing I would add to that is a job like Georgia Tech would probably be great for Dion because it would be his chance to become the most successful in the amount of time needed. Dion Sanders to Auburn, he still has to compete against Alabama. He's still got to go against Georgia. He's still going to have to go through that SEC schedule against these high power big name coaches where every week in the SEC is going to be a hard week. Okay. Yep. Even, even against, you know, your, your mediocre opponents there in the conference, except Bandy right now. 
Um, but if you get somebody like like Deion Sanders in there, and and I don't know how much of it is show or authenticity from him. Um, I, I love what he does with his athletes as far as making them, uh, you know, the viral video of him telling his his athletes. You know, no slides in class, full shirts. You're you're there. You represent the school. You're sitting in the front row. You're saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Please, thank you. That is culture. That is a that is a positive step. And even if Tech hires him and he only wins seven or eight games, his impact outside of that's going to be huge because that's someone who focuses on the academic part as well as the football. Right. And I feel like. Fit-wise, that would be really good for Georgia Tech. Again, I would love for Tech to go 11-1 and every year, lose to Georgia. I want to see Tech successful because it's nice to see and make that rivalry mean something. Right. Make it make it be that, that big thing. You know, when Florida State and Florida were both at the top of their conference respectively, you know, that was a big game. Um, it would be – it would just be fun. You know, it would bring. I've got I've got Georgia Tech friends. Uh, one of my dad's best friends. He's a big Tech fan. Um, he didn't renew his season tickets this year because you know Jeff Collins sucks. Right. But I mean, it's kind of the point now where you know we we, we trash talk back and forth and have fun about it, and he's like, "Yeah, we suck." It's like it's not even fun to to kind of jab back and forth anymore because Tech fans are miserable because. Right. Jeff Collins may have been the sexy hire, but he was not the fit. Right. Yeah. It's it, 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 it would be cool to be Dion. I think it's gonna be Clark Key though. Jamie. All right. So Dion's a great name, but you know what's better? A better name? Jamie. Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. He runs the option. He would be able to come in. I mean, it's not the triple option that they're you know used to seeing, but he can come in. He can run kind of a gimmicky offense, but it's a fun gimmicky offense, not the stupid triple option that they got tired of watching for so long. But he can recruit three stars to be able to run that offense and be fun, and he can get skill position players to come uh, to Tech. And the problem Tech's got, and the reason I don't think Dion would go there, is I don't think you have the ability to recruit at Georgia Tech. I mean, I understand that Dion got – you know, a five-star got the number one player, Hunter, last year. But one five-star doesn't mean crap in the ACC, right? right. Like, and, and frankly, I think Tech is in an awful, awful place in the transfer portal era. Anybody that's any good at Tech is going to go to some other place. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is excellent. And you know how I know that? Because he plays at Alabama. I never knew this kid existed at Tech because I don't watch Tech except one game a year, and I don't remember him from last year. So um, I, I, I don't think Dion. I think Dion's going to want to go somewhere where he can have more opportunity to recruit, and I, I, I think whoever goes to Tech is going to have to do it with two and three stars for a while. So that's why I would say Jamie Chadwell. I, I, want, to, I want to correct myself. I, I said uh, Clark instead of Brent. I had his first name wrong. Clark uh, Kent. Uh, hey, I, okay. I was getting, yeah, I, I kind of jumbled up my names there. So, uh, but then again, it, it's tech. So why should I really know it? Right. Yeah. They would have corrected you. A tech grad would have corrected you. 
They, they would have, and they would have had every right to. Right, right, right. Um, and then this last one, I know I have gone way over my time. I'm way over uh, – um, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers next year will be blank. Uh, Nate. We'll go Nate. <laughs> Matt Rule. I think you said it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like that's a – I feel like he's kind of got one foot out the door at Carolina. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I feel like they're going to they're gonna give him a – Again, this could be one of those things, man. He could get offered this ridiculously stupid high contract. And right. and then, you know, we could, you know, maybe look at some eight and four, maybe even a nine and three season. And then, you know, here in about three years, four years, we could be talking about buyouts again. Uh, it, it'll depend on what Nebraska's expectations truthfully are. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody wants to say, well, you know, our goal is to win 12 games. Well, I'll just be honest with you. That, that's not going to happen in most places. A realistic goal should not be to go 12-0 and because that doesn't happen in many places. Right. In the places it does happen, their coaches are so set in that the only way they leave is if they choose to. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Matt, he just – it, to me, that just feels like that's too too easy of a fit just to to go yeah. in with that. So, <clears throat> for sure, um, Jamie, Lance Leipold, I think okay. he's Midwest guy doing it in the Big Twelve. Uh, I think it's easier for him to go to Nebraska and and kind of keep that up. They would be very happy with eight and four. He's he's won five games at Kansas. If they lose out, they'll be pretty happy that he won five games at Kansas. Um, so I, I think going somewhere that has pretty low expectations, he's going to be the hot name this year. He's not going to want to come to the SEC. I don't think he really wants to go up to Wisconsin. As I said, very cold. Uh, so I'll I'll take Lance Lapel. All right, Hayden. This is the most Nebraska name ever. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Why are you just trying to get rid of I, like do you really believe that? Or it's like just listen, I need somebody to take this guy. I just need to, you know, we'll send we'll package stuff for him. There's there's the potential of that. I think there's a potential somebody's gonna somebody's gonna interview him, I think. Um I don't think he wants to be an offensive coordinator under Nick Saban for the rest of his career. So I think there's gonna be those guys that definitely reach out to him. I mean, hey, he's a former head coach in the NFL and in college. And, I mean, he's a statement assistant. What else do you need in order to grab a head coach? Let's look at Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkis, and those guys. I mean, those – Mario Cristobal. I mean, those are names that have started to have somewhat success since they came back from the Saban Rehabilitation Center. So, I mean, I think there's – somebody will take a chance on him at some point. And, I mean, I think it makes sense. I mean, he, he has some times where he drives me up the wall because I think he tries to do too much with the offense. Um, but, I mean, somebody's going to take a chance on him. I mean, Nebraska seems like he'd be a guy. He's kind of a boring guy, boring name, and, I mean, boring people go to Nebraska. So, <laughs> there you go. That's, That's not very nice. That's, That's the most bad. Nebraska analysis I've ever heard. Thank you. Now, I mean, hey, I, if you ever need any Nebraska, hey, you're you're talking to a guy that drove through Kansas, the whole state of Kansas, and literally bored himself to tears. I can't imagine if I had to drive through Kansas and Nebraska on the same daggone day. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Look, my answer is Pete Golding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I was just throwing another Bama coordinator. My name, my, mine's Matt Rule. But I will, I will relinquish my segment. This or that is back. But let's get into the meat and potatoes, whatever the expression is. Mm, let's potatoes. do that's right. The meat and taters, baby. Meat, meat and, and taters. taters. Let's do. Let's move on to bowl predictions. Bold predictions. Yeah, we are back with bold predictions this week, and I'll ask Jamie to give us a points update before we. Let's started. give a points update. We've it's got bad for me. We, we've got a change at the bottom, everybody. Uh, I, I am I am still in first with forty five points. Hayden is in second with thirty two points, but the Dean Machine has has drug his way out of the bottom spot. He's got thirty points, and the Young and the Restless is sitting there still in the twenties. What are we doing? Twenty nine hey, points. You're, when you're at rock bottom, you can only go one way. It was a rough week for our uh, for our boy Mitchell, and uh, it's not so. going to get any better if you guys are hearing what my predictions are about to be. So, <laughs> so, so that's <laughs> Nate. Nate used uh, Nate used my prescription for getting out of the uh, the bottom. You don't have to get all the games right if you get your bold prediction right. So that's a segue. <laughs> into the bowl prediction segment. All right, fellas, and I will start us off with our my bowl prediction this week. I am actually going to go to our backyard in the city of Atlanta, and it's not the game you think it's going to be. I, you, you probably thought I was going to say Georgia Tech over Duke. I'm not going that route. Georgia State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Georgia Southern in Atlanta this week. Give me Georgia Southern, not State, outright over the other team, other deal. Oi, 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 oi. All right, Nate. Uh, save me for last. I've got two, and in case somebody gets one, we'll take the other. All right, Jamie. All right. Um, I, I, I had like four, and I didn't feel good about any of them. Okay? So I'm, I'm just being honest. Uh, so where I've landed is, you know, when you don't have quality, let's go with quantity. Give me the Mormons, BYU plus three at Notre Dame. Um, go Mormons. Be careful. And that was one of mine, so that's why I'm glad you went. I had I had North Carolina over Notre Dame a few weeks ago, and that did not come back to favor me. So uh, <laughs> hope it hope it hope it works out better for you. Kind of not really because I need some points to get in the first place. But good luck. Anyway, now I'll pass it over to Mitchell. I need some points to get into first place. That's an understatement. So I'm going with an outright win. Missouri is 11-point dogs to Florida. I think they're winning outright. They've had two straight weeks where they've been so, so close. One week they blew it. The the next week they just got – They Georgia finally woke up. I think Florida's going to get out-muscled in this game. Missouri outright over the Florida Gators. All right, Nate. Man. Is anybody else? I mean, boys, usually I'm the bold one. That was – I like that. Oh, you've seen nothing yet. I, 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 well, no, I have a feeling. No comment. Um, well, <laughs> my, I, I was looking at BYU Notre Dame. Uh, the game that I'm going to pick is airing on the NFL Network. <laughs> James Madison is an 11-and-a-half-point favorite against Arkansas State. Are you serious? Arkansas State's going to cover. That was that was eleven and a half. Yep. Yeah. All right. And so I wouldn't can... be surprised. I wouldn't be. I'm not going to take them out right just because, but they definitely are going to cover the eleven and a half. 
Wow. Nice pick. Yeah, Arkansas State plus the 11 and a half over yep. our fourth president. I like it. That's right. These, these are on, the, on, on the NFL network. Undefeated third president. That's uh, right. Fourth president. Fourth, whatever. Freaking history. <laughs> Kids. Kids these days. No appreciation. Look, look, my major used to be history, so that's that's what makes that even funnier. Hey, my degree is history. Look at there that. There you go. <laughs> Guys, very good predictions this week. I, I, I'm intrigued to see how we do this week. Uh, I had several that I could have gone with, but I felt like that state southern spread was calling my name. But, yeah, I've, I've never, I've never paid attention to a James Madison game in my <laughs> life. So that's the first time I'm going to set the alerts for it. Yes, you are. If James Madison comes through. Comes through. Nate might have to, you know. Let go of one golden goose to uh, he doesn't to want James Madison to go through, though. No, I need Arkansas State to keep it close. Hey, you, you right. got it, hey, you got the champion of life, man, at Arkansas State side. You do, so that's right. Good chance they win that game. Um, but anyway, guys, it's time for the predictions for the week. Jeez, this is gonna get really interesting because I feel like I know where a lot of y'all are gonna go. But we're going to start out with a game that we have mentioned a few times already, the Red River rivalry in Texas, with Texas and Oklahoma, noon kickoff on ABC. I am going to start with Mitchell. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Dylan Gabriel's playing this game. Quinn's coming back. Give me Texas, and give me Texas big. Jamie? Yep. I mean, the, 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 whole, the winner of the game is the team with the, more po- the most points. Texas. Texas. Yeah. Right. Nate. Oh, Oklahoma's played poorly, poorly, poorly. Give me Texas. Yeah. Texas big. Especially if viewers are back. Texas is gonna have a field day with that defense. So give me Texas. Now we're gonna stay in the Big Twelve. We're gonna do college game day's game of the week. Kansas versus TCU. I am going to throw it back to Nate. You know what? I give me Kansas. They've got terrible internet, but I mean, it looks like they're finally making use of their time out there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is another one of those. Uh, just because Kansas is cool like that, you know, they might be tied in the third quarter and let everybody in the game free. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, that that to me is one of the wildest things that's ever happened. Uh, no, nah, give me. Uh, I don't know. I just. Something feels unique about this. And right. I'm going with my gut. Give me Kansas. Mitchell, you're high on TCU. I feel like I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, Kansas had a great year, you know, 5-0. and oh, They're finally, like, you know, they're finally getting there. They're finally improving. But TCU's going to win this game. And TCU's going to win this game by, like, three touchdowns. Jamie? Yeah, the game kicks off at noon, but uh, midnight is striking for Cinderella. TCU. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I like this Kansas team. I would not be upset if they've won this game. Um, I do think they will have more success throughout the season. By that, I mean seven and five, six and six, maybe eight and four is the ceiling for them. But give me TCU. I like what Sonny Dykes has started out out there. I like what they did against Oklahoma. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of a letdown to start the game. But give me. TCU in that one. Um, now, 
we're going to go over to – we're going to stay in the 12s. Let's stay in the 12. We're going to go with UCLA versus Utah. I'm going to start with Mitchell. I think – I mean, this is kind of a trend. I think Utah is going to win this game. I think Utah is going to win this game big. Utah is the, probably the, the second-best team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, UCLA, I think, has had a one-off victory. I still don't trust DTR. Zach Charbonnet is really good for UCLA, but I think Utah's too physical up front. Uh, give me Utah. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll, guys, if you don't mind, I'm going to pick the pick this uh, pick this time. Um, I like what UCLA's done, but I picked Utah to win the Pac-12 to begin the year. They're still in the running for it. Their only loss is a non-conference loss to Florida in the swamp. Um, but give me Utah to win this game, and I still think Utah is very competitive in the Pac-12. Now I'll pass it to James. Yeah, Utah. I, if, if if I lose points picking against UCLA, I, I don't want to be the guy that 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 jumps on their bandwagon only in time to see them lose. So I'll, I'll stick with Utah. Nate. Um. You know, UCLA's run defense has been rather impressive to me. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the Bruins here. All right. Well, now Nate's going to either take the lead or. I might retake third. <laughs> right. Now we're going Again, when you're at the bottom, man, there's only one way to go. Yeah. And that's deeper. Right. Now, now I'm going to go to the ACC where a few fans of this one particular team in this game gave me a little grief this week for picking against them when I turned out to be right. And then they started to blame me for their loss. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, need, you need new friends. <laughs> I do need new friends, apparently. I anyway, we're going to make that abundantly clear in a minute. I do love you. You're my, you're my boy. And uh, sorry for your loss this week. But I'm going to pick, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick this game because I'm talking. NC State's looking for a bounce back win. I still believe Florida State is not there yet. Give me NC State, Mitchell. Oh, he's going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. NC NC State's going to win this game. I think they were really competitive uh, last week against Clemson. They showed a, a different brand of physicality uh, uh, than uh, I thought they would. Obviously, I thought they were going to win, but uh, they still looked good, in my opinion. Florida State is a year away. Give me NC State. Right, Jamie. Yeah, NC State's a good football team, and Florida State's not. That usually is uh, about all you have to know about who wins. So, NC State. Nate? Guys, Weston, <laughs> Weston really likes Native Americans. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Seminoles. Nate is shooting the moon this week. You got you to gotta stop putting Nate on last. He feels compelled when, when everybody goes one way just, to, just in case. I'll go yep. the other yeah. Listen, the the, I mean, we, they're close. They're not quite there, though. However, I will say, um, the the there at the end of that Wake Forest game, you know that they, they kept they kept fighting. They they, yeah. they 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 tried to get back in it. Um, Yeah, it's probably dumb, but I'm going for state. All right. So now we're going to go to the SEC first game. We're going to go over to Startville, where the Razorbacks coming off back-to-back losses to A&M and Alabama. Hit the road to play Mississippi State coming off a win against A&M. 
Let's go to Nate to start this one. Uh, as much as you know, he's he's a crazy guy, but Mike Leach is is pretty smart. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's going to study the game film, especially seeing what Alabama did. What well, uh, he's going to look at the things they did right. He's going to be able to exploit them against uh, Arkansas. He's going to look at the things that Alabama did wrong. He's going to be able to adjust to that. Um, I, I feel like. Mississippi State will be able to score more points. So, therefore, I'm picking Mississippi State. There we go. There we go. Jamie? Yeah, I don't know. So, I think when we when we have these – and this is just for future, okay? I think there's a lot of teams in the West that are like the same team with different colored uniforms. So, yeah. what I'm going to do is pick the home team. So I'm picking Mississippi State. If this game was in Arkansas, I'd pick Arkansas because I don't know that, that there's much difference in, in, in these teams. So Mississippi State. There we go. Mitchell? Yes, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It's like these SEC West matchups, I never – like you could tell me either of these teams win. I'd be like, okay, cool. But what Mississippi State's doing different this year is they're running the football. Mike mm-hmm. Leach, uh, they ran for over 170 yards last week in that win over Texas A&M, almost six yards per carry for that team and will rogers still threw for 320 yards I mean, mississippi state was criminally underrated going into this year give me mississippi state to win this game i think mississippi state also covers all right yeah i here's the thing last week i said that bryce young was going to be a mat- matchup nightmare for the arkansas secondary unfortunately he got injured in that game if will rogers is healthy he's going to have a field day with that arkansas secondary give me mississippi state in that game. I think it's going to be close, but I think Mississippi State gets it done. And now we'll move on to another SEC game. Y'all's favorite game of the week, probably, where the limping Auburn Tigers are licking their wounds after a 17-point lead that went to nothing and ended up being a loss for them, 21-17 at LSU. Come on the road to take on the Georgia Bulldogs, number two two in the country, and coming off a struggle win against Missouri. The line in this game is interesting. It's a thirty. It's about 30 points. I'm going to go with Nate because Nate's big on the lines here. Does Georgia cover the 30-point spread against Auburn? I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I, yeah, I think they do just because Auburn sucks. Um, <laughs> but – at the same time, no, I don't because it's Auburn. And for whatever reason, I feel like anytime it's a situation against Auburn, we, we end up unlucky somewhere. In no way am I picking Auburn to win this game. Um, you know, because we've already played the Tigers once and they kind of bit us and now we know how to fight them. So we're going to fight Tigers again. Uh, there's all these cats in the SEC too. Um, Georgia's going to win this game. I'm afraid it's going to be closer than we hope. Um, but, yeah, Georgia's definitely winning. No doubt about that. Jamie? Yeah, Georgia. Mitchell? Uh, Georgia wins, Georgia covers, and Georgia packs Brian Harson's bags. Ooh. Yeah, Georgia. God, I hope you're right. Georgia. In this well, one. no, they won't pack his bags, I doubt, because they'll owe him like 15-9. No, it might so be that can, bad. Nate. It might they be they can bad. they they can save six hundred thousand dollars and just let him ride the year out. 
Because, I mean, right. who are you going to hire right now anyway? Yeah, exactly. Jeff Collins? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. <laughs> the Auburn rough. fans would be sitting there going, are you kidding me? <laughs> War Eagle. All right. Now we move on to another SEC game. We're staying in the SEC for the last uh, where Auburn's recent opponent is at home to a hot and heavy Tennessee volunteer football team. Guys, I'm going to start with Jamie. Who gets it done? So the LSU people are let next level pissed. I mean, next level pissed that this game is starting at 11 o'clock. They are just absolutely livid and that's five straight division championships. I'm sorry. Um, five, uh, LSU, they're mad that this game is at 11 o'clock. And the Tennessee team is, you know, good. So, I think Tennessee's going in there. The Cajuns won't even be awake when this game starts. That crowd is going to be just pissed the whole time that they're not playing at night. And uh, I think Tennessee gets the job done. All right, let's go to Nate. The sloppy top makes it, what, 5 and 0? I was at a Lids hat store in Gatlinburg on Saturday. And uh, I was kind of checking out the selection they had in there. We were looking for a Braves hat for Weston. Um, and the lady in front of us had per Tennessee Vols hat. And she was getting it customized because, you know, Lids does that kind of stuff. Um, and she got to talking to the guy in the, uh, who's running the register and everything. He's a big Vols fan. And this was the first time that I personally heard outside of a few friends that I have where they've said, they said, well, you know, we're doing good right now. But, I mean, it's been hard to, been, it's been hard to have been a Tennessee fan. Because normally, you know, we hear a lot of that. Well, next year, by God, we're going to do it. You know, that they were there was admittance of the struggle of being a Tennessee fan, right? And even just hearing them talk about watching the Florida game, how the the lady that was in the line was, she said, "Yep, I just knew we were going to lose that game, but they didn't." Yeah, I know it was against Florida, and Florida is not really that great right now, but the Tennessee of past lose those games. The Tennessee of past loses this game at LSU. Sloppy Top gets it done, and I think they handle LSU. Nate, I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a second. I'm going to pass it over to Mitchell. I could not disagree with you more. Yes! LSU at home, Death Valley. I don't care if it's at 11 a.m. Tennessee, I came into this season saying they were losing three or four games. I still think they're going to lose three or four games. They're losing to this game. They're losing Alabama. They're losing to Georgia. And they're losing to Kentucky. 
Tennessee has been overhyped all year. Hendon Hooker has played well, but their defense is still nothing to be desired of. Jaden Daniels is going to run all over them, and I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to score in this game. LSU is going to win this game in a low-scoring game in Death Valley, and it can and Tennessee can start thinking like the Tennessee of old because they're going to lose four games. I hope they enjoyed their stay in the top ten because you're not lasting very long. Woo, yeah. I, like, a, like a virgin on their wedding night, not lasting long. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. We are, we are kind of close, close to cutoff time. I'm going to go with Tennessee in this game. I think they handle their business in bad Rouge. I think it's a different Tennessee team. And I think that that builds up to a top potential top five matchup in Knoxville coming up in a Saturday from now. But now, this is going to be the segue into the game of the week where the unranked 3-2 and two Texas A&M Maggies go on the road to, take, to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, take on the undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide. There is so much in this game that to unwrap. We're short on time, so we're going to try to make it as quick as possible. But you've got the feud between Saban and Jim, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. You've got Texas A&M beating Alabama last year in um, College Station. You've got Nick Saban wanting revenge. You've got it all for this game. We know where Mitchell's going, so we're going to save Mitchell for a little bit later. But let's start with Jamie. Jamie, let's hear your perspective on this game. Let me tell you what. There will be no game that we that is so unworthy of the title as this game. This game is interesting because of two, well, one 70-year-old man and one 60-year-old man, not because of anything that's happened on the field. Listen, I don't care if Jermaine Burton plays quarterback for Alabama. I could take the snap, hand it to Gibbs, and Alabama wins by three touchdowns just doing that. Okay? If Bryce plays, they'll win by four touchdowns. And if Milrow runs the option as well as he did against that Arkansas defense, they may win by more touchdowns. The problem in this game is that Texas A&M is not good. Texas A&M is not good. Alabama is good. Alabama. Nate? Uh, For time's sake, Bama rolls. All right, Mitchell, let's hear it. Put me out of my misery. Look, two-loss team. Coming in with the quarterback they didn't start the year in. Does it sound familiar? Is Max Johnson going to play? Uh, no, no. They started the year with Haynes King. So if Max Johnson plays, well, that's no, that. But I know Max Johnson might not play. Right. There you go. But I don't even care. I think that the that having Milrow there, the defense of Texas A&M is going to give him all sorts of fits. They're going to run the ball. It's going to be low scoring. Texas A&M, two years in a row. I don't think it's going to be a top five matchup between, between Alabama and Tennessee because they're both going to have a one in the loss column. Texas A&M <laughs> wins this. I Please, Texas A&M, please. I've sold so, my soul to you. Please. CBS is going to come to your house and slap you. He sold his soul to the New York Mets. Look what happened. Oh, God. We won Look freaking 100 games and are in the playoffs. They just threw a 10-and-a-half game. Please. What are we, we doing? Didn't blow anything. Hey, we didn't blow we anything. You doing? guys went on a historic run, and we ended up being 20 anyway, over. Anyway, anyway, games anyway. over. 
Pick, it's my pick turn. Game. It's my pick turn. Game, game, pick it's game. my turn. Thank you very much. Alabama's winning this game. I don't care who's starting a quarterback. Nick Saban wants revenge. Nick Saban <laughs> wants revenge. Alabama is going to win this game. It might be close. It might not be. Alabama's going to win this game. I don't care. I've sold my soul on this game, too. So Alabama will win this game. Anyway, after all that, thank you to those that have tuned in to this show. If that continue, if, if after that, continue, God bless you, because that was actually kind of fun. Anyway, love you, Mitchell. Hope you, hope you didn't take that first one. Um, but anyway... <laughs> But anyway, thank you to those that have tuned in to the show. Thank you to those that are going to tune in. It's going to be a great week of college football. This has been another episode of Fourth and All. Make sure you subscribe to our channel at Armchair Banter. Everyone have a great night. Bye.